I've uh, I haven't been on Twitch in ages. It feels it's been like fifteen days or something like that. Yeah, but you went on vacation. It's different. Yeah, sure. You went on vacation too. What are you, <laughs> Ben? What are you up to? You just got really close to the camera. Uh, ben, how's your week been? You've got you've got something going on that you can plug right here in the start. Yeah, for another uh, thirty minutes. Uh, hey, yo, everybody! I'm uh, Sketch Sawyer. Uh, I've got a Kickstarter oh, yeah. running for another thirty minutes uh, for a book called Butcher Queen. Uh, we just achieved our first stretch goal. In which case, we're going to be hiring uh, Jim Mafu to do some art for us. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. If you don't know what Butcher Queen is, nice. look it up. If you don't know who Jim Mafu is, look him up. Uh, Quick, if you don't know who yeah. Sketch Sawyer is, look him up. And uh, what have I been doing this week? Uh, last day of school was today, so that's awesome. I got yeah, my yeah. first uh, card, like thanks teach card, and then uh, my first handshake. Usually they're just like, okay, bye, and they just run out of the room. And uh, mm-hmm. Which is strange because this year I thought I kind of phoned it in, but I guess I did all right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> That's good, when you can <laughs> phone it in and, and still change people's lives. I suppose. You must have a lot to offer. Um <laughs> so, quick fact for people who don't know, Jim Mafood uh, was the lead character designer for Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, yeah. So that's fucking dope. So he's and, he's from, a, from, and he's from St. Louis. Yeah, he's a St. Louisan, and he's going to be doing a, a poster for us uh, of my main character. So, And everybody who, I guess I guess now, everybody who has pitched into Butcher Queen is going to get that, that art. So Nice. That's great. Yeah, pretty exciting. And then, so the next, this is a four book series. So the next uh, until November or more of my of my life is is spoken for, <laughs> making comics. So that's all four awesome. books right away. Or are you doing one at a time? Yeah, back to back, as fast is, as possible. Is that what the campaign was for? Was for all four books? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's great. Yes. So is it four small books to make one big hundred page book? No, it's just four small books. That's it. Um, we had plans to merge them, uh, but we didn't achieve such a goal. You know, maybe down the road, if we had achieved some sort of popularity with the book, uh, we'll keep going. But it's only four books. That's not enough for a trade. That'd be a pretty measly trade. So there have been trades that small, but yeah, yeah, nope. So just just four floppy books. <laughs> <laughs> floppy floppy yep. books. Um, well, everybody, it's time for another episode of Bounty Board. Bizarre. And it's been a minute since I've been around, because I was in Scotland, as previously discussed. Um, and we don't have hybrid glass this week, if you haven't already noticed. He was just talking. Our guest is Sketch Sawyer. And mm-hmm. uh, there's Uber news this week. <laughs> so we're going to dive right into that real quick. Before that, though, this episode's brought to you by... Roughneck Beard Company. Um, we'll tell you more about that right after news, since I don't think there's going to be a good place to stop in the middle of the topic. But yeah. Um, so yeah, news. Ben, this part, you can you can give all the feedback and input you want, but I don't want to worry about sending you the giant-ass list of shit, because I'd have to give you access, and that's... That's all right. Aggravating. Um, sure. But... There's a lot of stuff, so I'll run through the quick things that I don't think need much discussion. Does anybody have anything in particular, Bobby or Ryan, that you want to talk about? Uh, I'll write it this week, man. There's, there, there's a. I'm excited about uh, one of the trailers. I'll talk about the trailer at the end. Okay, cool. Um, so to kick things off, uh, PlayStation 4 is getting EA access in July. That's Woo. cool. Um, 
EA Access is a service I pay for and don't use. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I use it when EA shit comes out, and so like when we get another Battlefield, I get a discount. Woo! Um, and it's good for demos, but you get I'm, discounts on shit in Apex. This yeah. is true. This is true. You get like ten percent off of everything you buy in Apex, which is nice. Um, <clears throat> let's see. EA says that it is in advanced negotiations for releasing. Speaking of the devil, Apex Legends on iOS. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. That's it's pretty preliminary right now. They haven't given us much details because they're not entirely sure what's going to happen. I mean, there's uh, a crazy amount of people. Like that's a super smart move for them because yeah. a large population of people right now playing Fortnite and PUBG. I mean, PUBG especially is mobile uh, across the way quite a bit, and uh, I think. If you look at the install base that they could get on Android and iOS to, to bump those numbers even higher, um, that would be pretty astronomical. Yeah, it would be pretty legit. Um, let's see. Oh, um, this one this one we'll probably talk about for a minute, so I'll skip it. Uh, Overwatch had a new map come out. Uh, the Havana Escort map is now playable. I have not played it yet because I have not played Overwatch in a hot minute. That's never time. really been your bag, has it? I really liked Overwatch for a while. It's just, I, I think I burned out around the same time as you. Like, I have it installed still, and if everyone's like, hey, let's play, I enjoy it. Yeah. It's just not, I don't know, the difference between, like, Overwatch and Rocket League for me is that, like, I don't know, I played sports? That sounds really stupid, but, like, Rocket League feels like being good at a sport, and every game is different and has different things go on, and... Overwatch, I can get into, and if someone's just better than me, like, there's no strategy that I can employ to beat them. And a lot of the time we play Overwatch because I don't play a ton. Wait, isn't that, like, any multiplayer game? Yeah, that's the same, that's yeah. the people, people yell at me for not playing Apex with that logic. Like, just right. get better. Sure, sure. <laughs> get and, good. Like, the reason why Rocket League is stuck around is because it scales you based on your skill level. Yeah, I do so like I, that. So I'm not playing against people that are super good unless I'm playing up with people like when Ryan and I invite a friend that's like plat or champion me. and we're like oh god yeah, diamond like or champion <laughs> yes <laughs> I was like what are you talking oh jokes sarcasm uh, <laughs> Rob Stark Richard Madden um, is going to be a part of Marvel's Eternals um, which has also added Angelina Jolie as of right now Marvel making big money moves because they're one point three billion dollars into Endgame right now. They can hire anybody they want now. They can hire Jesus if they wanted. (laughs) Bring him back, (laughs) Jesus, punk rock Jesus. But they might have bring people back on that movie. That's true. They did. How many times you have to snap to get our personal Lord and Savior back? (laughs) (laughs) They just got to go way back. (laughs) (laughs) But don't touch anything. The tomb. The nails, don't touch any of that shit. Leave the stones where they were and just get your ass back. Wait, is that why... <laughs> just, is that why Jesus resurrected and then disappeared three days later? Oh, my because God. Because we brought him up to the present day? <laughs> yeah, man. He's on The Walking Dead now. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Wait. There's ben a guy just named, said that's true. Why? There's a guy named Jesus on Walking Dead. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Isn't Jesus The Walking Dead? You anyway. better stop. Hey, you better stop. We better we better cut it out. <laughs> I got more uh, jokes, but yeah, we don't want to alienate anybody. Um, dead cells. But was Jesus an alien? <laughs> oh <my. laughs> 
in this country, he would be. He'd okay. <laughs> Sorry. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Dead Cells, the uh, dope-ass Metroidvania-style game made by Motion Twin, is coming to iOS. Uh, Yo, are, you, are you trying to trigger Ryan tonight? Dude, you, there's so much mobile news. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, like, what, like, honestly, like, I'm just waiting for him to say some shit. But, like, what are you going to say now, Mr. Apex, that's actually on an iPhone or an Android phone? I'm not Mr. Apex. Don't call me that. That's all right, Mr. Apex. We won't. Um, <laughs> EA reaffirmed... I just wanted you to do it. I know you did. Um, EA reaffirmed their support for Anthem uh, in a statement today. Uh, well, not today. This was on the 7th. Um, let me see if I can find it. The release is there support to kill it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> CEO Andrew Wilson. Um, this is from Twinfinite. Uh, thank you, Keenan McCall. Uh, Andrew Wilson, the CEO of EA, said the release of Anthem in quarter four did not meet our expectations. However, we believe in the team of Bioware, and we also believe in what they set out to achieve with this game. To this end, the company said Bioware is working on updates and content to enhance and expand the experience for all. We knew this. Um, well, they just, they just shook some shit up there at Bioware. They, they were starting to put people back onto the Dragon Age team, which is uh, okay, I guess, because they've scrapped <laughs> that game two or three times. But Yeah, the, it's the, like the, a clean reset right now, right? Yeah, like yeah. back at it, which is great. I mean, it sounds like there's people who believe in that game and they want it to be something that, you know, they can be proud of. And I think the same thing's happened with Anthem and, and Bioware's case when they've shuffled the deck like this a few times, like there's been some really great breakthroughs in their development process. Yeah. Uh, the Old Republic especially is one that stands out that really struggled to find an identity, especially in the shadow from the first two standalone games. You know, when and, started... uh, and the guy that ran Old Republic is the guy that was in charge of Anthem until Casey Hudson came back. Correct. And so, so I think that they're going to get their, their ducks in a row. I hope they do. Um you know, you know, unpopular opinion. I still have fun playing Anthem when I when I played it. There, there's a fun to be had there. Yeah, no, it it's got a lot of really good. Um, Come on, say. find it. You can find a quality no. worth talking about. It's That's got a great. No, um, it's got a lot of really good it's, qualities. It's got a lot of really good <laughs> qualities. Is what I was trying to say. I was going to say tools, but that's a baseball thing. Um, it's got a lot of really good qualities. They're just not cohesive yet. And when they get that put together, and when they add some more depth to the content, it'll be great. It's so much fun to just run around as Iron Man. It's so crazy to me that, oh, that heart- flying was added like last minute. Almost didn't make it in that game. Yeah. I, I despise uh, the limited jump jets. It uh, yeah. really, the hampers, the, really the hampers the fun for me. I know you can buy. I know once you level up, you can get mods that increase flight time and stuff. But yeah, yeah. it would be different if fighting on the ground felt as fun as fighting in the air. Well, you know? they make they make it fun for one class, but that's all. Like then the class sucks everything else, <laughs> right? And, like and all the other shits, like what you have to do to get the game through. They could do some different stuff with the world. Like if if you're going to do limited flight, which doesn't make a lot of sense, they could do things to like do more cooldowns, a little bit more. Than like a waterfall or a pond or something like that. They could they could do a few things to make it a bit more conducive to have that mechanic. But again, like I don't see how it belittles the experience. The uh, the limited flight. I don't know. No, 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 no. It doesn't belittle it. I'm not saying that. Like I don't understand like why they thought that they had to belittle that. Oh, like, why they felt like they needed yeah, yeah, yeah. overheat. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, I, mean, I guess that's, they wanted to call attention to ground combat. Like if you, what you really said was that. 
flight was an afterthought, then the game was based around ground combat. So how do we stop people from spending all time the whole the whole game in the air? Yeah, limited yeah, jump jets. That's a good point. Ground but, but there's also enemies that overheat you, and I think the balance that's fine. the balance that's cool. would be great if if that was the yeah. if that was the trade off. If there yeah. were enemies that were specifically like, I want you off the ground. Or if there's like anti-air weapons that can't miss if you're in the air, then right. it would you know make sense. Yeah, to yeah. Stay it would be rad to be able to have some like dog fights too with other javelins. Yeah, but that would have been a really neat mechanic to be yeah. flying and having some in-air combat that way, like yeah, some, some like crazy like flying and grapple kind of spinning around type. Yeah, shit. I want to be Iron Man and War Machine fighting yeah. uh, Ultron's flying Iron Man. Yeah. Um, Let's see, what else can we talk about? So there's three things that I think we'll discuss a lot. So the last short news bit I'll bring up is that Riot Games had a big employee walkout this week. Yep. Um, over 150 workers at the developer at the LAHQ uh, did a walkout um, in protest of the company <laughs> forcing arbitration for all the sexual misconduct, not misconduct, sexual harassment cases um, for people that aren't into legalese forced arbitration means you can't sue um, and that everything that happens is forced to go through a third party arbiter uh, and settled rather than like any action being able to be taken by the employee which is kind of a shitty thing I'd want my arbiter to be voiced by Keith David (laughs) you are not wrong (laughs) but (laughs) you know what's interesting on their website so they've got four main navigation buttons uh, first one, who we are. Second one, what we do. Third, work with us. Fourth, diversity and culture. And inside that one, they have an overview. They have, again, diversity and inclusion. And they have their culture that breaks it down. They talk a lot about inclusivity. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. That we must call out sexism, racism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, ageism, religious discrimination, and bigotry of all kinds. That might have been their their corporate stance for a long time, and you're still going to hire somebody that doesn't know how to talk to people, you know, or something right. like that. You're still oh, yeah. going to hire a manager that's behind the times, and uh, it just sucks that there's whatever you said arbitration where you can't because we hired you under these statutes, you can't sue us or something. It's kind of insane. Yeah, that's weird. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I don't even know how that resolved. Or if it's still going on. I have no or, idea. Yep. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled and your ears peeled. Um, <laughs> okay. The three things that I think we'll talk about with a little more length. Um, number one, three more Star Wars movies were announced starting in 2022. Mm-hmm. And they will, they will release every other year. Um, nice. So Destiny's like... Written Destiny. and produced by D.B. Weiss and... David Benioff? David Benedoff. Ben, ben, ben and Jerry's. <laughs> it, did, that, did it also confirm it was them? Uh, it's on StarWars.com. That broke okay. That broke months ago. Well, yeah. I knew that they were doing one. I didn't know if this was their series or if it was Ryan Johnson's, Ryan Johnson's series. Oh. Are they still going to give him movies? Oh, yeah. He, oh, signed, a, sure. he signed a contract. Disney. Got, Disney three movies. Yeah, Disney is proud of what he did. I mean, I am too. Yeah, yeah. it was good. <laughs> uh, which, you know, I'll be interested to see what they do. Like, I know that they talked about a movie trilogy 
for uh, the Game of Thrones dudes, and they talked a little bit about it for uh, Ryan as well. But at the end of the day, like they didn't say that's going to be theatrical release or if that's going to be like feature length for our, our new streaming service. Yeah, um, they didn't go into any of those details. So yeah. like, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if there was something that could, like compete a little bit more with like feature length content. Like yeah, like BBC shows that are like an hour and twenty forty minutes each episode, but there's only like four episodes a season. Uh, the only thing I saw for uh, the Game of Thrones crew was there's been some speculation that, uh, that it might be set in the Old Republic. Yeah. Which would be awesome. And there's uh, That was something that they talked... They thought John Favreau's show was going to be about before it broke out that it was going to be on that as well. So there's there's got to be enough there. And I mean, God, there's so much story that they could tell. And that's already got a pretty big following between all the video games. Yep. Like, it's, it's, it's a bit more of a known quantity than... Where I think Ryan's might go to like crazy ass, just brand far, far, far away from anything that we know with the Skywalker saga. Yeah, which, which I mean, like, I think the elements that he introduced were really cool. I think when he started to like spin the top a little too fast on some of the shit that people found sacred with the Skywalker stuff, <laughs> that uh, I think giving him his own blank canvas to tell a story because I think he's an incredibly talented individual yeah. and he's got such a deep attention to detail when it comes to uh, the lore and history of like that, that story that I think that he'll do something really special in that space and people will give him a lot more freedom when he's not working in such a tight tight fitting box. For sure. For sure. I see that. Um, real quick, I don't think you guys talked about it on the last episode because it happened after recording. But in line with Star Wars, Peter Mayhew passed on... Mm-hmm. Yep, that's third? right. Was that the third? Second. The second. So, rest in peace. Peter Mayhew was Chewbacca, for everybody who didn't know. Um, he was 74. Something like he'd, that. Had, he'd had a rough go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which sucks, because it was right before Star Wars Day. Yeah, he made it a celebration. He did. He did make it a celebration. That's good. Yep. That's good. Um, okay. Next thing that we should pro- we'll probably talk about for a little bit, uh, Ubisoft. So Ubisoft is announcing something tomorrow at one thirty. I think it's eleven Pacific, um, and it's Ghost Recon related. There's one problem though: the Ubisoft store today had uh, an item you could click on that was a collector's edition for a game called Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and as soon as somebody found it. It got taken down, which Ubisoft has this really bad habit of spoiling stuff, uh, leaking stuff. But anyway, so tomorrow's essentially going to be an announcement of a new Ghost Recon game. And I know, Bobby, you played Ghost Recon, and Ben, you played the Ghost Recon beta. Sarge, did you play Ghost Recon at all? Nope. Wildlands? No, I didn't. Mm. I actually wanted to. I don't remember why I didn't. Uh, It might have been... The money was tied up. Might have been I was playing something else. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what was out whenever that was, but I'm that was, sure uh, I was March hard on of, something else. It was March of 2017. So Mass Effect came out 2017. Later. Yeah, Mass Effect came out mm-hmm. later that month. The only reason I know this is because it was it came out the day <laughs> my daughter was born. It came out March 5th. And you were upset you couldn't play it. Is that why you? <laughs> Slightly. Get back in there. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow, no, damn it. No, it was more just like, <laughs> all right, she's out. Let's go home. Um, no, so 
I'm super excited for this. And uh, the character that was just in Operation Oracle that was announced last week with a trailer, who's being played by John Bernthal, is going to be the... He's going to play a large role in this. It's still unfor- it's unsure if he'll be a villain or if he'll be the playable character. Well, I don't know. So, yeah. I'm excited. That's coming out tomorrow. I thought we'd talk about this more. But. Well, uh, no. I mean, I, like, we okay. haven't had a chance to. You just been Sorry. setting it up. We got we got to dive into it. So All I think right. that like Bumps what in. do you what do you want from a new Ghost Recon game, knowing that they've kind of moved to the the Wildlands format, so it's yep. a bit more. I, I don't know. It kind of feels like you you mix up some elements from a few of their big games. This is what's what they do. Like yeah, I want uh, I want more of a nemesis system. I know that's still uh, patented. Uh, what am I trying to say? It's a patented creation by Warner Brothers, but I want something. So the re- the original Ghost Recon Wildlands trailers are talking about like you could do missions in different ways, and then you can if you did one in this if you did one mission in this way it would in, it would impact the rest of the missions, um, and that didn't really come to reality in the game. So if they could actually figure that out and get that done, that would be really dope. Um, I, I want the game to adapt more to me interacting in it because going through Wildlands was a lot of fun, but near the end when I'd cleared out most of the cartel, it was weird to me that the that the cartel was still like, "No, nah, man, we got this." <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, one base left. I think that they need to do a little bit more to set it apart from the division, um, as far as like a tone and like the technology. Like, I'd like to see them blend. A little bit more of the Watchdogs elements into it, I think some some more futuristic things because if sure. you just if you make it a bit more militant based or like post apocalyptic, like we've got to take care of these things because the statue that they showed, I mean, it I looks a little a little it, yeah. yeah he's got soldier. like a yeah he's got that long rifle and he's got the 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 obligatory uh, hooded cape. That yeah. is synonymous with sci-fi, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll be more stealthy. And maybe it'll go urban. And maybe... Uh, it's on a Pacific island, I think. Weird. Hmm. I was going to say, I, I want I want more world building. I don't want it to yeah. be like, Hey, uh, here's this war-torn so-and-so South American country. Go sh- fuck shit up. I want to see more like... I don't know, maybe something a little more intricate than that. You know? Yeah. I think if they if they end up using uh, John Bernthal's who is Punisher for those who don't know, um, if they end up using John Bernthal as the villain, I think that you might get that right. You'll get there's no way they're gonna pay him to be the villain and not give him actual story. And the story of the cartel leader in the last game was stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's it was, it was like it, it felt like a more serious just cause game, you know? Sure, and. Yeah. I like everything on the look of this feels like they might be going a different direction than the last one, which I mean maybe there'll be some more stealth mechanics than they had in prior. I don't know. Like I mean I'm I'm really excited. I had a ton of fun with that game. Uh, it's yeah. a game that that I enjoyed playing with people a lot more than I did by myself. Um, but the AI that they had for your squad was really really impressive. Yeah, when it comes to squad AI, Ghost Recon's been good for a minute. They've actually. I don't know, Ubisoft makes good squad AI. The Rainbow Six games had good AI. The uh, Ghost Recon games had good AI squad mates. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, you got Ghost Recon... You, or, sorry, you got The Division. 
You've got uh, you just mentioned it. The their big Rainbow? shooter, Rainbow. Rainbow. They got Rainbow. Yeah. Um, which those all kind of feel like they're built around some similar mechanics as far as like tone. Sure. Well, they're all Tom Clancy. Right. And I mean, so I know that this this is too with the Tom Clancy game. I just hope that they would break it away a little bit. And, yeah, yeah. And, and make yeah. It. Pacific Island is a turnoff for me. That is not interesting to me at all. What does that mean to anybody? I mean, right? It's, Far Cry Three. It's a location. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a. Right. It's a. Then that was a rumor. That was a. That was a thing that someone else said that they might have seen somewhere that it's on a on a a made up a fictional island in the Pacific. But that I mean, there's a lot of islands in the Pacific that that could have big cities on them. So who knows? Is there? They don't. They, they've never confirmed like a shared universe between this, these games, right? Well, Sam Fisher was in Ghost Recon Wildlands, so they now have to be in the same universe. Yeah. Um, and the Division patch is in several places in Wildlands, as well as the SHD, the Shield badge. So I just wonder if they're going to do something with like the events of the Division have carried over, and there's like. Shit that they, like now things are off kilter worldwide, and that's where like these guys are fitting into it. Sure, like I always more, thought more of like a stopping it from happening somewhere else, like maybe preventing it before it happens. Oh my god, yeah, preventing yeah. the the green the green flu. Yeah, that'd be yeah. dope. <laughs> that'd be super dope. There's a lot of stuff going around about Ubisoft having the ability to connect universes, or the fact that they might already be doing it. Uh, like Splinter Cell, Watch Dogs, and Assassin's Creed all share. Well, Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs are confirmed connected. Um, Aiden Pierce killed an, uh, an Abstergo agent. Um, but Assassin's Creed Odyssey has third echelon stuff in your hideout, so you can see the same gear that Sam Fisher uses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which, that's. I, honestly, I thought we would get. I'm, I'm a little surprised that we're getting Ghost Recon stuff before. We're oh, getting yeah. Splinter Cell. Unless they're trying to do some big shit uh, with uh, <laughs> some big shit at E3 this year. I'm, I'm really shocked. Man, like, it, if it if it continues with what they're saying, like, they're going to announce a Splinter Cell that might not be out this year, but we're getting Watch Dogs 2 this year. And we there's, like, an October... Yep, that's what I meant, sorry. And there's an October release date attached to this picture for Ghost Recon, so yeah, Ubisoft October might be 4th. the... Ubisoft well, might be the ones shouldering the brunt of the large releases this fall. Well, they also... Isn't uh, the Pyre game supposed to be out this year? Fuck, Skull and Bones is out this year, too. It should, I think it is. I haven't seen a hard... Yeah, you haven't seen anything from be, that in a long time. Ubisoft might be fucking throwing down this year. Well, I, okay I, think, I think that everybody is just trying to throw their Hail Marys. Like the, it's such a weird time, especially knowing that like Ubisoft's PS5's already been out, well, been announced, but on Wired... Microsoft's poised to talk about their new, new hardware here in a month. Yep. You know, there's a lot of shit that's going to be coming down. So all these guys are just like, "Fuck, do we do we push this stuff back now to launch on these brand new systems, or do we just like try and get what we can out currently?" Yeah, Ubisoft's got a lot in the pipe, man. They got uh, Beyond Good and Evil too, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, yeah. I wonder if that. I wonder if that's going to make it this this console generation. I wonder if that'll be pushed. I. I think it will release on this console generation, but I don't think it will... Sorry. I think it will come out for this console generation, but I don't think it will release on this console. 
I think it'll be like uh, Watch Dogs. Unfortunately, Yo, <laughs> I just realized you, you didn't put it on here. But uh-huh. while we're talking about crystal ball shit, uh, you you retweeted, I think, or we retweeted. Oh fuck yeah! Cyberpunk. Uh, yeah, today was that today? Yeah, they were like soon, my friend. Soon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> man! This everyone every so 2017 was huge, right? We got a bunch of great games. People were like, it's the best year that games has ever had. We had Zelda, we had Horizon Zero Dawn, we had so many good games. You had games Mario. Around. You had Zelda and Mario on the same year. Yeah. And then people were like, 2018, we'll be able to do it. And then 2018 had fucking God of War and Red Dead and just, like... I so everyone was like, this, what's happening this year? And it's starting to it's starting to shape up, and it looks like this fall is going to be... It might not have the big, you know, weight-pulling titles like God of War. No, Nintendo's got a fucking new Pokemon game. They've got a remastered Zelda, which is huge. Like, ground-up remastered of, like, the first Zelda for Game Boy. But that new... I mean, that Pokemon game is going to be bonkers on what it does for them. And then if CD Projekt Red gets their game out, and there's still the possibility of The Last of Us. There is, yeah, that... There's, I don't think there's a possibility, but there is. There always is. Um, well, they just wrapped up their cinematics. Uh, they, yeah. they, and uh, who was it? Somebody has pointed out to me that the last time that they finished the cinematics on The Last of Us, there was just like a few months between the launch and that. Like That's like one of the final parts for them. No, I mean, this fall could be fucking ridiculous. I, th- I still think we'll get Last of Us in March next year. But, I mean, I, I hope so. Is that why you posted the the eyeball touching the eyeball today? <laughs> the what the fuck did you just say? Did <laughs> yeah. is that why you posted that? Yeah, because somebody... they were like soon, my friend, soon. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a picture of two eyeballs, like two touching. people, and their eyes literally touching. They're so close, like when you get in someone's face, and it says, "What the fuck did you just say to me?" Then <laughs> <laughs> was like gross, and I was like, "Yes, that's the point." Um, all right, last news thing to talk about, and then we'll. There's two more trailers we'll talk about that we'll we'll breeze, we'll breeze through. Um, the so a U.S. senator introduced a bill today uh, to restrict loot boxes and pay-to-win microtransactions in games that are accessible by minors. Which <sighs> let me give you some context for how that statement doesn't make sense. All games are accessible by minors. Yeah. So how do you? What does that mean? But what if they're down in the tunnels? What? What? <laughs> oh, he meant like coal miners. I hate you. Oh boy, <laughs> I love it. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> Bobby's uh, just shit. unamused. Just. <laughs> oh no! I just I, I just clicked over to the chat. I was reading the chat. I was like, what the fuck is happening in the chat right now? Oh, someone said <laughs> some dumb shit, and so I timed him out. I think they came back with an alias. Oh, I'm not, am I not getting chat updates? I'm not even watching the chat. I'm glad to know that you're Shut on up. board. <laughs> uh, are they, has, has someone talked since Nolan Richardson said, no. Do you know I cannot die? Oh, Who smart. said What's dumb up, shit? <laughs> uh, a Analyst guy named, named CoopJ21. I muted him for like three minutes, but it said four messages were deleted by a moderator. So if that was you... No, it wasn't you. You're not a mod. That's. I'll fix that later. Um, anyway, yeah, someone said some dumb stuff, and I deleted it. Um, 
But back to the back to the news thing. Um, Josh Hawley from Missouri uh, introduced this bill, the legislation that would restrict these things. Do one. I want to ask all you guys: Do you think that loot boxes and microtransactions are that big a deal? And I don't mean like are, are they that big a deal, or do you mean they're as big a deal as we need to have laws restricting them? And second. If this ends up happening, do you think it will be a good thing or a bad thing? All right, I deal. <laughs> Bobby's like, with, you got a seat. Here's a load. I, I, I deal with a lot of younger kids that uh, have a really difficult time handling the weight of in-app purchases, in-game currency, and the delusion of real-world currency not being nearly as valuable or what it would equate to on these games. And I'm talking about V-Bucks and all that shit with Fortnite. Like, I don't think they fully grasp the concept that they're... Like, here's... Say what you will, RNG, all that stuff aside, there is something very similar to a slot machine and a loot box. Absolutely and, there is. Oh, yeah. And you're, you're telling kids at a young age that, like, it is okay to put money into something that you don't control the outcome of but hope that it will be different each time you do it and you get eventually what you want by putting more money into it and that's not how gambling works at all like it is a very serious thing that has fucked people up royally and like working with children to the level that i do uh in a sales aspect knowing how they approach that stuff like there's literally no no concept of what it is and like then you have to understand like I talked to the parents after the fact like hey I I handed my iPad to my kid and now I have all these in-app purchases that I had no idea about that they could do because they had my stuff and here's all these things going on so do I think there needs to be a legis- legislation I don't know if that's the answer but I absolutely think that there needs to be a, a better responsibility and a better uh, understanding for the parents of the kids that are involved with it and the kids and what like the weight of it is. And that's so a I, really fucking hard thing to do. Well, I so mean... I, a, okay, go I ahead, mean, go parents can already go through with like a parental control on it. It's just I don't know of which parents actually know about it because a kid's not going to be like, hey, mom, just so you know, there's a special parental section over here that you can put a password in that makes it to where I can't just buy stuff whenever I need to. Or yeah, that shouldn't to, be the kid's responsibility, like though. No, well, no, I, I understand that, but, but, you're that's right, what, but you're right. that's what I'm saying. It needs to be something that's more voiced and openly out there that, you know, when you know a parent buys an Xbox for their kid, that they know that's a, that's a feature, that they actually sit down there and actually do it with them instead of, like, yeah. here's your Xbox, set it up and have fun, and then, like, oh, Mom, I need your credit card. Parents don't think half, you know, think I about just, it. I think just, this is growing pains, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And some people have caught on, and some haven't. And I think the ESRB the, the lesson is you're going to be a few thousand in the hole because you're an uninformed consumer, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legislation? Nah. I, I think that I think that what needs to happen is ESRB needs to make a uh, rating for it. So, like, when you buy a game, it says rated T for teen includes. Yo, ESRB is kind of a joke, though. Violence? Like, it's not though. It's actually super not. <laughs> like, in, in purchasing games in retail places, uh, people get fired for selling stuff that is rated M to people without IDing them all the time. It still happens, like crazy, in GameStop. Okay, so the the, um, the, 
the application of it is fun, but the ESRB as a whole will review a game based on a byline and a 30-second video clip. Like, No, but my, my point is, it, the number of people that come into the GameStop I work at and say, uh, I want to buy this game for my kid, and I go, okay, it's rated this for these reasons. The number of times that changes a decision is yeah. above 70%. Mm-hmm. And so if there's something on the back of that that says includes in-game loot boxes or includes loot boxes or includes you know one of the video gambling simulated gambling but yeah video gambling like yeah that i mean like like, i think that might be a little bit of a deterrent you you know what i'm talking about like when you go by like those old ass fucking gas stations they got like the three (laughs) poker machines in the back corner there's (laughs) there's an ash on somebody's cigarette about that long they've been there for god knows how (laughs) long it's just a guy sitting there at the screen with the cigarette hanging out it's yeah, burnt like, all the way in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the point I'm trying to make is, like, we kind of assume, like, a stereotype to that piece of it. But, like, that guy's literally pressing a button on a on a TV screen, hoping that three things line up to give him what the payout he wants. And yeah. then I argue, like, somebody sitting in front of a loot box on Apex or whatever, dumping money into it, hitting open, hoping that's going to end up giving him something gold. Like, it's it's... It's not too different to me, and I yeah. think that like it's become so desensitized, and I, I think that there needs to be like yeah, what Smurf is saying here, like there needs to be some sort of thing that definitely lays out like here are the odds that you get this, and what that looks like. Well, Apex did that. Apex does that. Yeah, yeah. Apex lets you know that you're going to get uh, like the gold uh, loot at least one out of every 500 boxes that you open, and then like it breaks down the. The it's one out of every twenty. I don't. Yeah, I, I think there's always workarounds. I mean, <laughs> yeah. shit. Like, I remember parental advisory on CDs, trying to buy shit, and like that didn't work out for me always. And then I just find I'd literally wait outside the store and just give money to somebody that looked older than me. Yo, can you go? Can you go buy that Bone Thugs and Harmony album, please? Dude, Warren G, Bone <laughs> Thugs, all that shit. Yeah, and like doggy style. Like, please buy it for me. <laughs> Um, so I have, I have one question, and this might not be. Take this as you will, because it's just a thing that it, it pops in my head all the time. Is this an issue? Is this more of an issue right now, because of its ease of access for people, than trading card games have been for the last like thirty years? Uh, because y- Magic: The Gathering and sports cards and Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, Beyblade, you name it. They are little loot boxes. That's true. They say you get five yeah. regular, one special, and maybe a holographic, and you just had to go and buy them in person. Is this a bigger deal than those because it's digital now and people can just rack up money without having to move? Well, it's but also that's, that's, free to play. That's the same conversation that they had when credit cards came out. Like Now you don't have to leave your home to spend money. Like It's just another evolution of you know the ease of, of purchase, but... I just wonder if this conversation was something that came up among parents, amongst parents when their kids were playing Pokemon. Like, I had to give my kid $50 this month because he kept wanting to go to the fantasy shop to buy Pokemon cards to get his I mean, po- the, the Pokemon rare. card game So the analogy... The, the analogy that... Okay. So, uh, alright, so back in the day when Pokemon came out, you'd have to go mow lawns or work on your allowance and go buy Pokemon cards and buy your little cellophane, cellophane loot boxes. Now... Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have your parents' credit card in your iPad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because it's easier then. Yeah, it's just yeah. Easier so, to do it. yeah, like like I said before, it's that's an amazing analogy, and and more people should talk about that. 
and and use that as a as a way to say uh, these are growing pains. Watch your money and don't be dumb. I guess yeah. so give your kid an allowance. Say you can you can buy ten dollars worth of V bucks a month. You know, or whatever. That's what I do with Warframe. <laughs> I give myself an allowance. <laughs> yeah. I can have yeah. seventy five platinum a month. That's my allowance. And if I need something that's eighty platinum, uh, I don't. But month. I should wait till next month. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. There's a class that Apple teaches. Uh, they got those to date Apple programs, which is really cool, all free. Um, and they got one that they've introduced. Plug, plug, plug. Since January. Yeah. Uh, that is. Uh, it's literally about monitoring and understanding, like, in-app purchasing. It's, like, parental control stuff from uh, a parental standpoint, uh, especially That's now awesome. they, they got the screen time on iPhone and iPad. Yeah. You can see, like, what's being utilized. You can set timers on it. You can also uh, grant uh, hours and minutes for the uh, for the accounts of the kids. So, like, if they do a certain thing, like, you can say, oh, cool, you just earned 30 minutes. Like, here you go. You get 30 more minutes of screen time for doing X, Y, or Z. And, like, that's completely up to how the parents want to go about it. But I'm, I'm happy to see what that looks like. And, I mean, like, here, I'll, I'll say this much, like, because I don't want to talk about Apple because it's always awkward for me because I work there. Sure. But um, it's been really wild to see the genuine lack of knowledge when it comes <laughs> to this stuff from parents. Like, for absolutely sure. eye-opening to know, like, how, like, how separated... Like, we, we are so close to this shit that we just kind of assume a little bit, even. Like, you have to forget. You have to unlearn what you've learned. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's wild. I love that I live in a world that <laughs> it exists in some place that some kid has gotten 30 more minutes of screen time because he ate his vegetables. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And I know our, our friend Odin monitors every minute his son's online. Like, yeah, oh, we watched 20 hours of Netflix this week. Okay, you know. And I think that's just... Uh, I think that's just part of where we're going to go yeah. as a culture. Where everything's... You, I don't know. Some people are going to monitor their kids and some aren't. And sometimes you have to go to your friend's house to play Grand Theft Auto. That's never going to change. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think this is a really good opportunity to, to ask the question, like... You know, these people that have the power to watch people, like, who watches them? Who watches The Watchmen? Oh my god, that's a segue. Uh, that's a very good point, Bobby, but I have to dive into this. So, uh, HBO released its uh, Watchmen tease this week. Shit, batshit. Has everybody watched it? Cause it's yeah. crazy. Fucking bananas. Yeah. Oh man, after the show, uh, Ryan, it's like it's like a minute and ten seconds long. Yeah. It's. I don't, I don't know if I can do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm so fucking curious about this. Yep. So is Rorschach dead? Is this post the events of the Watchmen so comic? This is an, and so this is like a Rorschach group that uh, wear his cult. mask? Let's, let like me see cult? if I can find it. There was an awesome quote from Damon Lindoff uh, today about what they're doing. They they use the analogy of, think of it as a remix. Not Like you're using the same beats that you might like. And some of those those bass lines that you so they're sampling those things. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Those that's are really a really cool. dope analogy, though. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, because obviously, I'm just gonna find it because I don't want to butcher it. It was really, really, really well done. Does it have anything okay. to do with the movie? So well, that's what he's saying. It is it's it's all the, the elements. It's all the elements from the movie in the book. Um, uh, the, but like remixed, so I that like seen it, it's so not don't spoil it. 
This is funny. <laughs> it's like it's, ten it's, years ago. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Rorschach's not one dude. It's a group, right. and his mask doesn't change actively. They all wear different masks, so it. They all look. You know what I mean? Like in the right. movie, Rorschach's mask evolves based on his mood. Um, right. But this is just a bunch of people wearing the same type of mask that's different. Uh, and like here, dude, the, the all the police having the yellow masks over their noses, and those de- like the detectives having the silver hoods. Yeah, like this shit is so wild, yeah, and I love crazy. it so much. It's such a unique look at like a weird, like dystopic type future. It's cool. I dig it. Um, you found that quote yet? Uh, no, not yet. Well, he, I, I got a little snippet of it here. Um, he claims that he says the tone will be fresh and nasty and electric and absurd. <laughs> Daniel Lindus Watchmen will be a remix with original characters, not a remake. So this is taking place. Um, I think that it's so it's present day in that universe. So okay. the shit that went down uh, in the eighties in the original graphic novel, like basically some elements of that haven't happened. But, like, the core elements of that is being told in the modern-day setting. Some of those characters are still going to be there. So, like, as far as Warshak goes, I don't know if he's alive or not. I mean, he's definitely left a, an impact. What if, he's yeah. the, what if he's the Tyler Durden to that Rorschach cult? Yeah. Oh, that'd be so dope. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, like, so much there for, like, Dr. Manhattan, like all the shit with the the watch and like where he would go if he didn't have that path and like where he came from in life like I uh, there was so much that like paid homage to him that I was like oh man they're showing him in a way without showing him which I thought was really cool I'm like so giddy for this like the watch Watchmen is my favorite comic book of all time like I absolutely love that story it's it's so good um I'm really curious what they do with this yeah for sure um, Watchmen was my favorite comic until Scotland. And I'll talk about that when we get to our bounties. Um, but I encountered something new, and it's amazing. Um, Alright, last thing in the news. And then, we're going to get into our topic. Um, a John Wick game is coming out, and it's being made by Mike Bithell, the guy who made Thomas Was Alone. Um, and it looks like a mix between XCOM and Superhot, and I'm 150% sold. Did any of you guys watch that trailer? I know Ben did. Yeah, I did. It's very Sarge. good. I've been busy. No, I that's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> I'm just. Kidding. I'm intrigued. It looked a little artistically simple, which is sort of dumb to say considering <laughs> where I was like, Thomas is mean? alone. Yeah. Uh, but like, um, I don't know. Like, uh, the tactical is probably the only way to go about doing anything closely related to John Wick you cannot do that shit in real time unless it's just like a QTE and that's not really a game is it um, so that's probably the only way to do it the, the whole thing I was thinking about throughout the whole trailer is like wouldn't it be cool if like Super Hot, it just played it back after you were done to show you what was done all in a string John Wick style yeah if it looks like the game's gonna basically give you the Sherlock Holmes the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes like I'm going to hit him here and soften the jaw and then hit him here and impact his ribs and then hit him here to fully dislocate the jaw and then two strikes here to break three of those ribs and bruise two more and then I'm going to do this to completely shatter jaw and then it like zooms out and then you watch him do it all in real time. Yeah, that's what I'd like. I'd like, I'd like to see I love that. what you did without 
without the turn-based, all linked together. That'd be cool. Yeah. They, they should... Have you seen... Uh, ben, have you seen Katana Zero? Yeah. So I think that's kind of a really great example, because I get a lot of those vibes of uh, Super Hot, and then after you successfully get through it, it does a playback of it, which mm-hmm. is also really rad. Yeah. Um, it, I, obviously, it's a 2D sprite-based game, but it would be really neat, because... There's some elements of that going through that I think would, would complement John John Wick very well. Yeah, that and um, my friend Pedro. Yep. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Is that out yet? Yeah, uh, yeah it's no. on Switch. Uh, no, didn't it come not, out? It's not out yet. I'm lying. Is that just a Switch game, though? Yes. <laughs> I love your giant Captain Marvel cup. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'm not playing that game. Shit. Yeah, I need to buy a Switch still. Mm. Uh, all right, so... That wraps up our news. And before we dive into the topic, uh, we just wanted to bring up, we are sponsored by Roughneck Beard Company. They are a beard company. They are a beard product company in St. Louis, uh, in Maplewood. They have an online store. They do most of their sales through their online store. Uh, They make all of their stuff in-house, all natural ingredients. Uh, They make beard oils, balms, my brain. That's almost kind of it, to be honest. Yeah, they, they don't have oils. much. They're really specialty. They've got combs and branded yep. T-shirts and stuff, but they they kind of keep it simple. Yeah, so they've got yeah beard oils, beard oils. balm, yeah. beard batter, and uh, mustache wax. They also have dry cologne, which is like a yeah, it's weird, but it works. Uh, <laughs> I actually use also, their uh, their batter. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bobby, I still have some some things for you. Um, what else? What else? What Don't else? Do oh, they that just when you, when they you recently got some stuff for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, they also they're partnering right now with a company that makes uh, custom wood grain straight razors. So is, I think like to to really like try and, and plug them for people that are curious. You can go in and get a hands on experience with their product. To what Caleb was saying, like a lot of these ingredients, especially if you've tried other beard products. They feel a little bit different in your beard, which is nice. They're going to help walk you through uh, some of those chemicals, not chemicals, I'm sorry, some of those ingredients that they use compared to some of the chemicals in the other products that you could uh, pick up off the shelves of other places. And you can try things out, and they'll talk to you a little bit about like, what you're going for, like what you want your beard to do, which is really awesome. It's a super laid-back store. Uh, again, it's in a nice area in uh, St. Louis that you can check out some other really cool spots after you visit them. But... I think it's worth checking out in person because it does feel different than other stuff, especially if you use like a beard oil, like using some of these batters that Ben mentioned and some of these other, uh, like some of the combs and brushes that they have there to help get that into your beard is a little bit different than what you might be used to. Yeah, exactly. So for those of you interested, you can go to roughneckbeardcompany.com and order from there, or you can head down to the store, which I forgot the address because I'm an idiot, but it is on Manchester in Maplewood between Sutton and Southwest and it's right uh, in front of what used to be Shop and Save is it not Shop and Save anymore? no Schnucks Schnucks bottom out oh that's right yeah that's right um, but yeah Roughneck Beard Co real benefit through real science be bold go Roughneck okie doke so we're through the news <laughs> finally um, so we wanted to talk this week about games as art and I thought this would be a good thing to bring up after you guys talked about long games versus short games, because similar to that conversation, I think that there's a place for both artistic games and non-artistic games, 
which I guess is my assertion that some games are art, but not all games have to be, nor are all games art. What game is not? NBA 2K19. Hmm. MLB The Show, FIFA, Madden. But they're visually good. Artists render the characters, but there's no like artistic... There's Careful. No artist, art, Careful. No, no, I'm, hang on. There's no artistic... Um, like expression, they're not. They're not make. They're not making them in an artistic style. They're not. In, they're what not about, putting themselves uh, into the art they make. What about you say? It's stylized, so then it's not artistic. Like, we're, like it's yeah, well, yeah. There's, of, no, of, there's uh, no stylization. There's no like. They're not trying to be um, unique through their art when making NBA. They are trying to make something that is as real to life as possible. And I'm not saying that's not. A lot of artists do that, right? Yeah. But I don't. I don't know. Would you argue that like the that NBA, Madden, FIFA, and baseball are All right, artistic? What about, a, what about a architect? Is that an architect, an artist? Yes. Okay, and they're designing things that might turn into a real building someday. So, at what part is somebody who designs something that's real not become <laughs> lose the mantra of artist, lose the well, title? Well, I mean, if you think about an architect, like in most cases, architects are people that do things in their specific style. We know Frank Lloyd Wright because he had a style and he revolutionized a type of architecture and people imitate his style. People aren't imitating NBA 2K's style. Okay. So what happens when you look at the credits for the game and it's got a list of artists? <laughs> I, I think too, like prefacing this topic, they're not character artists, right? They're like. So I think that like we should start by saying like all of this is subjective. Yeah, and I also I also want to start off by saying, or I guess not start off because I already started, but I also want to say I'm not at all trying to take away from the fact that artists work on these things. I'm trying to voice what I think is. Like uh, the idea that they're not going into it trying to express an artistic. Uh, so let me let me point. Yeah. Let me help you out here. I'll point to the Giant Bomb guys. Uh, they do on their Game of the Year segment every year. They got a category called Best Style with like four or five Y's in it, and I think that is a really cool segment. And like when I've done on my previous podcast, talked about Game of the Year stuff, Best Style, like. Because it was like, well, what's the best looking game? Well, that's boring because, quite frankly, Madden games and FIFA games traditionally look pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I think when you get into style, it encompasses so many different things from sound to mechanics to menu systems. Like, I look at a game like Persona. Persona oozes style, right? There's something about it that's very much identifiable as style. Even Super Hot, which is a low poly game, like that's a specific style, right? Sure. Like in comparison to a game like Red Dead Redemption Two, that set out to be this lush, immersive thing, hyper realistic. Like that game looks like art. Like it looks like you could take any yeah. of those and like do a freeze frame and print that out and have that on your wall as like a, a keyframe from you know a movie. Yeah, that where, game was also like actually inspired by like the. Artists that traveled the American frontier, and so I think giant. that's the style that they were going for, and that yeah. was what they encompassed. Like that game was definitely brought up in a best style segment. I don't necessarily think that when EA sets out to make a game like Madden or FIFA, that 
best style is really on their radar. They no. want to have competitive play. They want to have new mechanics, new features. They want to make sure right. it's updated rosters. They want to have loot boxes now, which is a big thing. But, you know, those are things that they look at and they set out to do where you have a game like Night in the Woods, which is absolutely a game all about style and story. Very different yeah. vehicles to tell the same thing. So yeah. this conversation has been out in the wild for a while. What, what's bringing it back to the surface, Kevin? Uh, I think it's the 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 diversification of what games we're getting now, right? Because it it used to be uh, a few times a game would really 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 stand out. I think, and I don't think that that's changed so much as the. It's not so much that there aren't still just a few games a year that stand out. It's that there, like the indie game industry, is so much more focused on pushing style and art and writing and like you know telling different stories stylistically and AAA has moved into this like what Bobby was just saying like AAA has moved into this like how do we make the most money and we'll have the most sound mechanics and make the most money <laughs> and you know what I mean uh, and I don't know like if you look back at the PS2 and see that like Shadow of the Colossus and Oni and Final Fantasy and I don't know Beautiful Joe are all on that console mm-hmm. um, but spread out over its lifetime and then you look at like last year and you have fucking God of War and Red Dead being the big ones but then the the small games we all got last year of uh, like far alone sales, which I guess that's not last year, but you know what I mean. Like the, the indie game industry for a while now has been creating the artistic, what people call artistic um, games. Well, I mean, I think that they're also like know. Ben. Maybe you can attest to this. Like how you would want somebody to open up Butcher Queen. Like obviously you want them to be compelled by what it looks like, but there's an experience beyond just what it looks like. Like, you want them to experience a story and a full package that goes into that. There's a lot of thought and care and catering that's going into that that package that you're doing. Right. Like, that's something that you have to have that visual appeal, though, especially in that market. Like, for somebody who has no idea anything about Butcher Queen, like, to see it, be like, that looks interesting, to pick it up and then get sucked into it. And I think, like, for some of these games, like these big AAA games, they've danced around some of those things. Like, we've got some really cool shit to unpack here. Like, we're going to help you get into it. Like, we've got... You're familiar with this thing, this thing, and this thing from all these other games that you like, but we're going to introduce a new mechanic. And, like, I look at Super Hot, I'll bring that up again. That was more of an experience than it was art, but, like, I, I think that's hard for me to really break those apart because you experience art one way or you experience it a different way. Like, who am I to say how you are to be moved by this from an artistic level? Like, if it compelled you to think about it, then maybe it had its impact. I don't know. Yeah, and some people... They'll read a comic and slow down on each page and study each page and look for the mm-hmm. Easter eggs. And some people will read it as fast as possible and get on with their life. So, and of course, games are the exact same way. Not everybody's going to see super hot as a piece of art, as absurd as that sounds. Uh, somebody's going to go, oh, yeah, that was a fun little game. You know, I played it on an iPhone or something. <laughs> and like, where you really should have played it in VR and whatever, mm-hmm. been completely altered by it. One of my favorite stories, this is a bit of an aside. One of my first VR experiences was with Superhot, and in Superhot, it's it's full motion, so you can walk around the room and, and lean behind things and get behind cover. So I was uh, I was actually leaning, uh, ducking behind a bar, 
and I lost my balance, so I reached forward for the bar to get my balance, and of course the bar wasn't there, and I fell over. So that was uh, pretty special. So like that's yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, that's not not to say anything uh, about the art- artistic merit. The game definitely has it in spades, but um, people ingest all media at different you know different speeds. So. So the next question I have is for Sarge because I I thought about this topic and I thought specifically about you because we've talked several times about single player versus multiplayer story versus no story um, and you by far are the more utilitarian I think uh, in terms of uh, the games you play uh, you play stuff for competitive reasons um, and and for long durations of time right like we've been playing Rocket League since 2015. We've been playing um, Battlefield since 2012, right? Like, we go for those kinds of games. You go for those kind of games almost exclusively. And I think that uh, of the other three of us, um, we spend a little more time playing indie stuff. So, do you look for, like, style or artistic representation in the games that you play? Or are you not really concerned with that? Um, Do you look at it more mechanically than you look at it stylistically? Or is it a little bit of both? I mean, some most of the games I play, it's more of like realistic. So it goes more to what your point was saying at the beginning, like somebody's just creating something that is like here, like they're just making the game look like me. So I mean, that's sure. that's more of what I look for. Like that's why I like PUBG more than I did Fortnite because it was more of a realistic game. Because I did the same thing with DayZ when DayZ came out. I was open world playing as a character. You know, sports, but I mean, Rocket League also throws that off because I mean, it's cars. You know, yeah. uh, but I also played Forza, which well, is gonna a say, very speaking of cars, Forza realistic. Horizon Four was, but Forza Horizon Four was artistic as fuck. It was, but it was more. I mean, it was artistic, yes, but it was also like built around things that you'd see in the real world. I'm not arguing it was artistic. I think it was highly stylized. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You um, know. What? That soybean artwork is impeccable. <laughs> you know, like, I, do you I, see the art in your fields when you play Farming I sure Simulator? Do. <laughs> yep. So I think, Caleb, like, to your point, what you were trying to say earlier to start this off, and like you usually have like some note about like movies. Like I think that there's those not those known quantities when it comes to like game types and uh, movies as well. But then you have your art house films that come out and you have some of your, you know, indie darlings that come out as well that, like, make a big wave in an area that, like, they reach an audience that normally they wouldn't. Oh, yeah, and for sure. Like, you get you get uh, John Wick and then you also get three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri and Mandy. Right. Those two movies are small and completely different, but far But then more I, I think, on. like, if you put a game like Cuphead up against Call of Duty... Right, I think right. it's very apparent that there's a game that has an agenda to be a different style than what you're used to. Both are art, but I think that there's a style that is more identifiable as this is different. And I think that's the thing here is like, why is it? What makes this different than what we're used to playing as games that we were like conditioned with? Especially like, there's a period of time where a lot of games just look the same, and. Like as the ability to make games got a lot more progressive and the tools were more widely available, you saw more personality coming into it. And I think it's a lot of like 
it's not too dissimilar, quite frankly, from how art traveled across the globe into new to new territories, and like then you got these different elements of that art being inspired and, and creating these different periods and shit like that, sure. where technology and the ability to share and communicate and, and see things and have like the ability to make it, you're seeing more and more personalities coming out and being interpreted and re, you know inspired by what came before it. Which what, is what art's always been. What era would you say uh, that you referred to where games largely felt the same? Could you could you identify uh, that? Well, I mean, from an input standpoint, I mean, when you had, like, two buttons, a lot of things were just kind of based off of, like, mapping those two buttons. So, like, games would feel the same way. They might not look the same thing, but a lot of the color palettes, based off of limited technologies there, like, especially in, the, you know, the uh, early 80s, yeah. late 70s, you yeah. saw a lot of those similar similar things there just based off of limitations of the technology. But then you kind of had, like, the clone era, I think, when, like, Super Nintendo came out. There was a shit ton of those beat-em-up games that came out around that time period that was using recycled sounds, recycled assets that felt very similar, that used a similar platform. Like, you're going to push this button, you're going to do a high punch, push this button, do a low kick. Kind of the same thing where they were cloning it. Yeah. And it wasn't that it wasn't art, but it was just like highly manufactured art because they figured out how to do it quickly and on a, on a much bigger scale. And then you started to get back to like that, like the indie developer, like, you know what, like, we're going to do these things here and have it this way and like start to bring these other assets into it. But to be more specific, late 70s, early 80s is when I really felt that yeah. color, tone, sound, and input was very similar. So when what uh, do you think the artists then thought they were making art? For sure. On those games. Like, like I look at it the same way now. Like I'll use today. Like Everybody's got a really good camera in their pocket, and that wasn't the case for a long period of time. Sure. And like what, fifteen years ago, when we were all you know holding up flip phones at the concert, looking at you know mashed potatoes on stage, like we all took pictures of <laughs> what it. What kind and of concerts it. do you go to? <laughs> we, man, you want to come to my concerts? Veggie Tales. Uh, we all thought that they were like legit good, and I think now yeah. you're seeing everybody feels that they can like because they can put a filter on something, you know, or do some sort of like crop with their photo, which is great. Like explore, do your thing. I'm not here to like belittle that. But I think that it's, again, like that mass media, like everybody can do it, where at the time they might not have been communicating to each other, but to be able to do something that had never been done before and create something that never existed before is art to me. Like, if you can make something into existence that was never a thing, whether it's digitally, physically, however that may be, like, I think that that, that has some sort of uh, creativity, create, creative power and an empowerment for the sure. people who are making it. So when you guys think... Or when you guys hear the term games as art, or someone wants to bring up... Nah, that's two questions. So the first question. When, when you hear the term games as art, what's the first game you think of? Top of your head. First thing you think of. Uh, Sarge, if someone was to tell you, think of a game that's yeah, I wanna artistic. Yeah, I want to wait to see what Sarge says. <laughs> He's going to be like, uh, paintball. <laughs> Do you ever play something actually, that was so simple that waiting on my answer right yeah. now? Yeah, because that's what I don't we said we because I don't know. Honestly, do you ever I play couldn't... something that was so simple that the purpose of the game is just to tell you a story? Have you played something like that? Just point A to point B. It might even be a little flash game that took you fifteen minutes. Something like that. Xbox I mean, Live. Probably a long time ago. Yeah. But I mean, I couldn't. I can't tell you I, that I played something that I thought was like 
very artistic or like beautiful. What about the Assassin's that? Creed games? I mean, I guess. we played a bunch of those. I, I, did, I feel like a lot of Assassin's Creed very utilitarian. Like, here's a here's a, a riot in the middle of Victorian Paris or something like yeah. that, and this is what it looks like, and it's a team of artists to make it happen and make it real. And yeah, so was, I played Unity today. Actually, mm-hmm. that game was beautiful as fuck. Yeah, yeah, but the game is we're, we're bordering closely back to the architect argument, where like. It's beautiful, maybe because Paris is beautiful. So, like, right, you're sure. rendering something to its realest possible counterpart, and you know, and then so that's realism. But is that art? You know, is yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I well, I've, I mean, I've seen plenty blues. of games that I've that I've been like, wow, this looks fantastic. Like, this is incredible what has been done with it. Like, how realistic ba- things are based on you know, and then like, I mean, I guess, I guess I could say Rocket League in itself is something artistic that I would like just for the fact that like the new skins and the the wheels that somebody is like physically creating in each one of these things that comes out I could see that itself but maybe not the game well, I, I can't see something like a game as a whole being artistic you hang on hang on <laughs> you you've become so you've played that game so much you've become desensitized that you're a fucking remote car playing soccer uh-huh. like like one of the oldest concepts of you move this object to this object, like it's been done for centuries, right? And yet, you have been hooked into it in a way that is completely fresh and hyper stylized, with literal vehicle cars moving the fucking ball that blows up. Like it's a lot more than skins on cars. You're playing soccer with RC cars. Like there's so right, much right, but style that's there. but that's not but that's not the art of it. Like or like, are we are we talking? He, I di- think he's are we just talking? Are we talking about visually? Or are we talking about something as a complete whole? An experience. I ideally, I ideally, we'd be talking about an experience. I think what he's saying is he's separating the mechanical fun of Rocket League with the literal art assets that are loaded the into visual it aspect on a, of on a it. weekly, yeah. monthly schedule, um, which is interesting. Ben, you said something about photo is photo was that you that said is photorealism art yeah well just realism in general because if you go to the art museum that's it's a lot of that it's a lot of people just this is trying to be as realistic as possible and that's an artistic achievement right why is it not in games well that's why i brought up madden first like i you know like that's why i started the conversation with what isn't yeah, but if you go to an art museum and see somebody trying to create reality, they're not creating a basketball player. They're creating like a beautiful so, thing that exists in the world. They're creating uh, like look at like a look at all the frontiers. What's the difference between like, King Louis the Third and a basketball player? Like it's still a a famous person that's been beautifully King recreated. Louis III Arguably, wore, the basketball wore, player was in better shape anyway. <laughs> right, <laughs> but King Louis the Third was wearing at, more extravagant yeah. ass clothing. <laughs> Than shorts and a tank top. Um, so actually, like for this whole thing, I need to I need more of a definitive of what we're exactly talking about because we haven't hit anything. We haven't. I think that's we've the, we've I think been that's bouncing the around hey, in, entirely. Ryan, welcome like, to any art theory class you've ever been well, a part of or not. No, Bo- of. Bo- <laughs> Bobby just tried to destroy my entire life because I said Rocket League, and it was more based on like the cosmetics than anything, and then. You well, know, did you, hey, did, did you play? Did, did you play Need for Speed Underground? I did. 
Okay. And you probably painted cars and put stickers on cars and shit like that? Yep. Did so why did you talk about that game instead of... Yeah, you didn't enforce it. And you're going you're gonna to celebrate that aspect that's been done time and time again. Nobody's done anything like Rocket League. That's so new and fresh. And, and like, it's something that's a different experience. Like, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, you, you're so desensitized to, like, what that game is at its core. It's something... And I'm not belittling what you said at all. I'm just, like, trying to highlight, like, it's a lot more than what you're giving it credit as. No, well, and I'm not taking any credit away. I was just talking... I, I was more on the side of, uh, are we talking visually? Not as the game itself, like, how it's played or anything. And that's what you broke yeah. it down as. So, I, mean, I, did, it, I didn't, I didn't know I we were talking the, about experience. Because if we're talking about experience, I'd, I'd put Astroneer out there. Because vi- because visually yeah. it looks fantastic, the uh, the music that it is in it is so calming that you will never put anything else in its place. The fact that I can play this game for hours on end, then yes, like without having is. any kind of problem. But it was more I needed it. that breakdown because I had no <laughs> yeah, idea what the fuck we okay. were talking we about. To- <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when you say art, I think just visuals. So, I mean... You've got a Bob Ross standee in your fucking office. <laughs> when you think art, he's like, look at these little trees. Um, uh, so, so, I wanted to answer... Uh, the game... What's the, the game, the game that... Yeah, but I, was gonna, I was going back to it. I, 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 I don't know if this is the real my real answer or the answer that's been force-fed into me. Because, what, inevitably, if you talk about games as art... Shadow Colossus is going to be part of the conversation, yep. so that's that's always my gut rea- reaction. That's my gut answer, and I don't know if that's Ben answering that or just ten years of regurgitated arguments, but that's way up there because the game yeah. really is kind of shit. <laughs> it controls badly. Uh, the animation's a little ugly. Um, it's all very brown. There's not a lot of color in that game, but the emotion that is portrayed. And the heartbreak that happens, and at least two very strong moments in the game, uh, it makes that game as really high up there, top five of of the old, probably. If you put all games on a list, Shadow of the Colossus is definitely top ten, probably. But I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, and anything that okay. studio makes, uh, Ico, and then Last Guardian. All fall in that same category. They all play like shit, but they all have a great story to tell and have a lot of heart. So, um, but I don't know. I feel like for the conversation to evolve, the topics need to be more pinpoint because, uh, like, just to maybe cover what isn't art or or what 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 does it mean for a game to be art? And we need somebody in the conversation to go along the route where people have been going lately, where games as art is ruining the game industry. Which people have been saying lately. Yeah, yeah, let's come back to that. Bobby, what's your game real quick? That you think uh, recently, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this the right way, but I believe it's pronounced Greece or Gris. Oh, yeah. You got to uh, like roll the R like you're French. Greece. I'm not. I'm very much a Midwestern, uh, so that ain't going to happen. <laughs> you live in St. Louis, which is the only thing I'm rolling is a corn cob through some butter. That's the only thing I'm rolling. How do you, um, uh, how do you spell it? G-R-I-S. G-R-I-S. <laughs> yes. Neat. Grease. That game was fucking beautiful, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, like, this game out? looks... It mm-hmm. is out. Um, you know, the concept of, you know, working through grief, and I think the, the idea of, like, this beautiful watercolor, uh, like, game that opens up, like, there was... 
from the moment I started, I was like, man, this is a beautiful art experience. And yeah. uh, that's that's just one of the most recent ones that, that put a pretty big impact on me. So I think of two things. The first thing I think of, though, without a doubt, is Journey. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. Um, the second thing I think of is everything Supergiant makes. Whether it's Bastion or Transistor or Hades or Pyre, like all their games are fucking gorgeous. And they all tell good stories, and they're all... Mm. But yeah, I think of those. To me, the conversation is is endless. It's infinite. I think ever since uh, the pixel was playable, it was art as as to be shown in in the Smithsonian, which it is now, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it it started as art, and it's going to finish as art... And some are more utilitarian, but it's still going to have an artist on the payroll. Isn't so. the Smithsonian a history museum, though? Not an art museum? Yeah. Is, are there game exhibits in art museums? Or are they in history museums and science museums? I think that's... Uh, the, that's yeah, the, but it's in the Smithsonian as a games as art exhibit. I know our science center right now has a game exhibit going mm-hmm. on here in St. Louis. It's, I can look it up, but I think it's in the Smithsonian as a games as art exhibition. That's different. There you yeah. go. That's but um, if it's the if it's the history of games, like the one at the science center, yeah. So I know the original creators. It's still dope. Especially if you watch the uh, digging in the crates, digging in the carts that Red Bull put out, then you know that these creators have been making art since since games began. And I really want to talk all about music, and music is undeniably art. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's all it's all in there with me. These the, the, whoever I mean, have you looked at the art of these? The Atari games, like we all know what a basic ass Atari game looks like, but look up the cartridge art. It's incredible. Like everybody, so the reason they look like pixels is because that was the limits of the technology, but you guarantee you everybody on there was trying to make art. Like, yeah. you know, they might not have been like nose in the air, uh, abstract painting, kind of throwing poop on a canvas and selling it for $3,000 kind of artists, but like art is a big word. And it's it's uh, to me it's it, this is actually uh, this is the thought I had earlier today. I told Caleb I've been thinking about this all day. To me, uh, I I don't argue art with people because it's too big a word. But I do want to argue why somebody might think that you art. You do argue art. Don't lie to yourself. I'll, no, I will argue the technicality of it and okay. and the skill <laughs> required to create things effectively and purposefully. Yeah. But like um, and and the and the onus bestowed to you as an artist, things like that. But um, I do want to know why somebody might think that art is ruining the industry, or, or people that you know insist that games should be art as negatively affecting things. Um, if you've got any, I think that comes research from people, into that category. I think that comes from people that think that when you say games should be art, it's on both sides of the coin. It's the one side that's saying that the game should be art. That's them not realizing what we've just talked about, and that like, even, even FIFA and Madden is artistic in a way. Maybe it's not trying to make an artistic point, but it's still got style to it. Um, combined with the fact that the people that hear it don't realize that their games are that all games have art in them, right? The, I think I think that that statement that games as art is ruining the industry is people that think everybody the, the, the people that want games to be art want all games to be Journey 
want all games to be Greece. Want all games to be Gorgoa. Um, and I don't think that's the reality. I think the reality is that people want to have the games that they make recognized as art, and that more people need to recognize that. Ben, could you give us an example of like maybe one of the arguments you've heard uh, around games being games as art being problematic? I think it falls into the uh, the whole umbrella of sort of uh, inclusivity in a way. I think as uh, as games sort of branch, uh, as society branches out and tries to bring more people into uh, the collective fold, then uh, and and games start to cover those topics, and then at the same time, you know, the the word art gets thrown around, and then now you've got this big dark cloud hanging over um, what what people used to go to as fun. They used to go to Call of Duty for fun. They used to just go kill people for fun. They used to play Rocket League just to bump a ball into a, a goal. You know, it's just fun. I don't want to talk about gays. I don't want to talk about art. I don't want, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is, I'm speaking third person here. You know, I don't want I don't want issues. I don't want politics. I just want a video game. So I know a lot of people look at games as art and they just go, no, damn it. I just want to shoot Nazis, you know, or whatever. And so... Because that's not political, <laughs> right? Exactly, the irony, right? But like, um, I mean, maybe once upon a time it wasn't when they were in hiding. But um, so, uh, <laughs> right? Poppy just fucking laughed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, uh, so I think people would see this uh, this this sort of pry bar of art and games as trying to take their fun away. And and maybe forcing grease or grease on everything or limbo on everything and taking away their Call of Duties or their NBA. Do, do you think it has anything to do with like an aversion to like a hipster culture? Yeah, do you sure. Like hipsters. Say I what, Caleb? Don't have a preference. I said, Ryan, do you like hipsters? I've, I don't know, man. You've been saying you've been saying. Off the off the wall shit for the last few weeks. Nerd. Um, if you had a strong <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Like, uh, and that's the irony in that is ridiculous. Like, because every generation has its own version of hipsters, right? Uh, you know, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I suppose, sure. It's ridiculous yeah. that anybody who considers himself a gamer would be uh, anti anti-hipster in a way. I don't know. That's strange to me, but... There's more fucking lines in the sand in the gaming community than anything else I've been a part of. Like, there's a lot more personal investment. We talked about this around... Uh, yeah. Like, like you can tell me that this movie that I adore sucks, and I'm not going to take as much offense to it if you tell me this game that I've spent so many hours or time with sucks. Like, it's a different type of like emotional response. And I think that where it starts to get a little bit muddy too is is that the point like I think games are are, are pure escapism, and I think that you are immersing yourself into a game, and if it's a situation where um, you get like I don't identify with the style of this or the story of this or those situations because of what artistic choices they took, 
then like absolutely there's going to be a strong aversion that like maybe kept you away from because like hey I love the mechanics but I just hate the way this game plays or looks or, or not plays but the story they're telling or whatever it may be like it's a lot of fun to play but I don't like their agenda like I, I understand what you're saying with that yeah yeah um, the chat just said uh, Dentenstein in the chat said I think it's a very big gatekeeping issue based on who gets to arbitrate what games are I agree with that but I think that the problem is is the people that want games to be art aren't trying to say that you should take away the games that the people that are afraid of all games being art are afraid of losing well I, I think something that's been like in my mind as we've been talking about this stuff like in other mediums and on my mind what, what I'm about to say by no means reflects anything on beliefs potentially maybe I don't know for anybody on the show but there's well, been there's been things that I've heard regarding a band called Nickelback maybe you've heard of them <laughs> that's not necessarily uh, <laughs> I gotta do this right I'm not I'm really not yeah trying. you're really <laughs> dancing around the minds of this um <laughs> So there's like a known quantity, like a copy and paste, like over and over, same shit. Like they're gonna put stuff out, they're gonna, but they tour and they make all kinds of fucking money. I'm I'm trying to be careful. I'm trying to be very careful here. Like they're not for me. That's okay. I'm not I'm not saying that they're not talented at what they do. Obviously, a lot of people think they're very talented at it, but there's been a sense of like this is generic, this is formulaic, this is like nothing that like is what music should be or where it came from, like. I've seen that shit all over the internet. And then you get into a situation with, like, even Michael Bay films. Very similar concept when it comes to movies. It's going to put out the same type of shit over and over again, which I'm not saying is, like, a bad thing at all. But you start to identify, like, this is what a game should be. This is what a movie should be. Like, this is a popcorn movie. Oh, I don't want to go watch that chick flick or rom-com. Or I don't want to go watch that art film. Like, it's all those things. And video games, again, just get into a point where there's such an emotional attachment and to go back into the, the gatekeeping aspect of it, nobody's gatekeeping Nickelback, I don't think. Maybe they are. I'm not trying to. No, I don't think you can. They're too big. Uh, Nickel, Nickelback's one of the greatest bands that's ever existed. Well, and I'm not even saying that I like them. One of my new favorite uh, expressions that I created uh, <laughs> is um, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's trash. Right. Wait, wait you say trash? Don't yeah. yuck anybody's yum. Yuck my yummies. No. no and and vice versa, just because you like it doesn't mean it's it's great. Like I, you can like bad things and you can dislike good things, but people automatically assume that like if it's if it's if they don't like it, it's crap. Like the whole Marvel vs. D C conversation and people like yep. to pretend that Justice League's actually a bad movie. No, you just didn't like it, or you're just bandwagoning or something. Like it's whatever. But like the movie's not great though. Yeah, but it's also not bad. Like go back and watch go back and watch Darkman or Daredevil or like Mm-hmm. Batman Forever. Like, I dare you. <laughs> yeah, but see, we're talking about a different era of... Yeah, and in this area, it's still great. But, anyway, that's a very different conversation, but like... Um, <laughs> we should have that conversation soon. No, everybody else has already had it. Why are talking about Green Lantern? Sure, that's a great example. That movie's actually bad. <laughs> but like... Um, yeah, if Ryan Reynolds. As Ryan Reynolds says, it's bad. It's bad. Dude, Ryan can literally put a green mask on and have that green screen behind him. He could be fucking Green Lantern in this chat right now. That's that's all. Thanks. You need. Ryan is the Green Lantern. He's the Green Lantern. Yeah, you're Thanks. the Green Lantern, bud. I brought that. So up something up. came up earlier that I wanted to I wanted to comment on, and it was about the realism of games and whether or not that's artistic in it. It 
made me think about movies, and when a movie looks realistic despite the fact that it's special effect, that is very much yeah Dunkirk art. Right, Dunkirk. Or Neil Blomkamp, or Marvel, or Star Wars, or, like, anything that uses special effects to convince you that something that isn't real is real and does it well is praised, and, like, they're all artists. But for some reason, I felt inclined to say that, like, Madden wasn't. Right? Right. And, like, Blur Studios, who did all the cutscenes for the remade Halo 1 and 2, that look really fucking good... Uh, and who, you know, Tim Miller just did um, Love Death Robots. Like, those things are, in, in in some cases, photorealistic. There are times where if you're not paying attention close enough, you're like, uh, wait, was that real? Yeah. I, think, um, I think it's a known quantity, man. It's like, it's like CSI. It's, again, like to go back to Nickelback and all that shit, like, you know what you're going to get when they go on tour, where they put that stuff out. You know every year on this month you're going to get Madden. You know it's coming. And the the amount of change between them recently isn't a lot, and so it's not that you don't feel it's art; it's you're maybe just a little bit null to what it is or what it's become. And it's such a it's such a known situation, like it's a known quantity at this point in time that like it's not going to catch your eye as something new or innovative. And I think that you're associating the style of that in that way. If I I mean like that's that would be my guess. That's why yeah. you went there with it. Yeah. Um, Sarge, do you want your games to be more artistic? Or do you care? I don't care. Why not? Well, visually or in general? In general. Yeah. Um, like, do you want bombastic style and... and uh, Are you going to play Rage 2? Probably. Uh, no, it's single player. Oh, oh shit! I'm surprised. Is it single player? Yeah, Rage Two single player. It's made by the guys who make Doom. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess if we're talking artistic, as in like audio, visual, like the whole experience, then yes, yeah. I would. I would want that. Like, I mean, once Bobby broke it down, and you know, you think about like Forza. Forza is visually good. It, the audio is phenomenal, like especially with the car sounds themselves, how it sounds just like it actually would. So, I mean, yeah, the whole experience, yes, artistically, yes, I would want more my games to be what's more the like last, that. What's That's, the last single player game you played? With last a story. single player with a story. Uh, you played Assassin's Creed today, didn't you? I didn't. No. Um, you liar. <laughs> well, I was going to. The other person didn't have it on the right yeah. console. Um, Single player, I couldn't tell you. You touched Red Dead, didn't you? For about thirty seconds. Thirty seconds? Is that thirty seconds of gameplay or the opening cinematic? Like Cowboy Hats. <laughs> I think I got to like the train where you tried to blow it off. This the is an Lee film, so not very far. Is <laughs> this an angly film? <laughs> <laughs> redneck being really accurate about an art house director <laughs> <laughs> like that Ang Lee or that Baz Lerman <laughs> check his gamer top <laughs> <laughs> yo Dennis in the chat said that Ubisoft are the Chuck Lorre of video games I mean that's not far off <laughs> it's not it's very good oh man uh, we need to force Ryan to play Inside 
To play what? Inside. Oh, inside. I would love to, to spectate that. We need yes. to make you. Oh, you need to stream it. Actually. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. I was waiting for Ryan. Stop to Stop playing like, your games outside. <laughs> yeah, I knew he <laughs> no. was going to say it. It's a. Uh, it's like what? Two hours long? Maybe three. Yeah. And it'll take Ryan four. But go ahead. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's really simple, but it's really fucked up and weird. And it will get a response out of you somehow. Even if you go, hey, that was Yo. neat, but there's going to be parts where you're just going to go, oh my god, what the fuck was that? Yo, can we talk about the water girl? No, we can't talk about no. anything right now. Dumbass. Yeah. No, we cannot. You just ruined it. Ignore what he They'll just said. forget. He's not paying yeah. attention. But uh, it's, I don't know. I don't even know what. It's probably <laughs> 10 bucks now. Dick. But uh, it's, in the, it's not on Game Pass, is it? I don't know. That What's would it be called? Outside? Yeah. <laughs> 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 But it's, uh, it's great. Sticks and bicycles and shit. Yeah, actually, no. both of those things are in this game. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's it's really cool, and nobody would argue that that game is is art. Okay, but uh, it's it's ridiculously fun, and it's got it's got a little bit of a message, but not really. You know that the it's up for interpretation. But seeing as you haven't played a single player game in a while, and uh, I want something to bake your noodle like right away, this will do it. Mm-hmm. Here's a qu- here's a hint. You, <laughs> you pull noodles, Ben. You pull a uh, brain controlling worm out of a pig's butt. Oh, fun! I'm downloading it right now. <laughs> Sold. Does it come out of the pig's butt, or is it just embedded in the pig's like body? Well, it's it's near the butt area, and you pull it out with force. So what? It, it's up to, again, up for interpretation, I suppose. <laughs> As is art, <laughs> right? But uh, uh, that's, that that game's the... one of the ones of, of recent where I just played and my jaw was d- b- dropped the entire time. But it's was... twenty dollars, Ben. <laughs> twenty dollars for, uh, for two and a half. Are you hours. game shared with anybody? Uh, it was my brother, but he doesn't play Xbox anymore. Yo, so, did you know? Nope. Okay, so anyway. I'm gonna do. De- I'm going to derail this a little bit. So this is actually about Inside. Uh, the soundtrack for Inside, Ben, I know you know this. Um, Martin Sig and um, the other guy whose name I don't remember. Um, Gunner, Gunvar, something. Um, anyway, they recorded the soundtrack. <laughs> oh, fuck. So they wanted to make the soundtrack creepy, Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. So what they did is they found musical notes that resonated best with human bones. That's right. Right? And then they attached nodes to the inside of a real human skull and played the entire soundtrack and recorded it through the human skull. So that while you were listening to the game with the headset on, like it's optimized to make your body feel as uncomfortable. But also you've heard sound that has passed through bone. Yeah, They recorded and, it after it passed they, through bone. When they were done recording, all of the teeth in the skull had rattled out. Which is fucking dope. Also found out that, that those guys worked on the soundtrack for Wolfenstein 2 with the guy who made the soundtrack for fucking Doom. And now I want to play Wolfenstein 2 yeah. because it's it's them and the... It's a Mick something. Mick. Mick. Jagger. No. Hey, do you guys want to count down my uh, Kickstarter campaign? It's 30 seconds away. Oh, shit. I know I said 30 minutes like 60 minutes ago, but... uh. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a six second warning. 
Oh shit! And then we're gonna cut the stream. Just, just like that. <laughs> Three, two, one, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna throw in the chat really quick. This was literally Ryan's face the entire time you were explaining what was going on there. Ooh, that link sucks, dude. <laughs> Six, five. Four, four, three, three two, 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 one. one. Bing, 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 bing. Oh, wow, confetti actually popped up on the screen. Yay. <laughs> you had a whole experience. Awesome. So If I so, click on this... So, Bobby, that, that was my face because I was watching the trailer on my Xbox at the same time that they were all explaining everything. <laughs> so I was just, like, glancing over at it, like, uh, okay. Did you take a picture of his actual face? No, oh. it's a it's a me. It's a me. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Denton Stein singing "Old Lang Syne" for your uh, countdown, Ben. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, we didn't we didn't solve this. We nope didn't didn't think. We I honestly didn't know it was still a problem. I know there's the the dorks that, like I said, try to keep people down, gatekeeping, I suppose, but. Lines in the sand or whatever, but it's not yeah. going to stop anybody from making a game they feel is artistic or with a message or with intent. Importante. <laughs> uh, sweet. So, when we wrap up the show, as uh, we've done on every show before, we go through our bounties. That's why we call it bounty board for the last ten minutes. No, um. Bounties, um, I think, Ben, you've done this before, so you know. Bounties are what we read, watch, listen to, or what we have been reading, watching, listening to, or playing in the last week. And we share that with you, so you have something to do until we talk to you again next week. Um, who wants to go first? Our guest. Okay. Sketch Sawyer, what have you been up to? Uh, me and my mom and our mutual friend Odin uh, blasted through Tall Tales for Sea of Thieves. And all in all of the, let's just say the week it took us to get through it, it was about 85% awesome. It was really great. Yeah. Some really atmospheric moments that made me take screenshots and video grabs. Uh, the content's great and interesting, and it really made us feel like kids on a scavenger hunt. It was awesome. The bad, the bad side is the, uh, the boss fights. They're really shit. Um, there's bullet sponge nonsense, and I hope they fix it. And it, 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 and unfortunately, sullies the closing moments of the DLC. So, but it was great. Um, I played a bit of it with you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, the one mission was dumb, and the next one was like, wah. The one that you missed was where you you get a uh, lantern from the guy who pilots the ship of the dead, and you no, have that's to. That's the one I played. And you have to go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You did. Okay, yeah. the one after that's amazing too. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you get a lantern from the ferryman, and then every time you hold it up, you see spirits on an island, and you have to figure out how they died, so three, three where they died. Three guys get chased, and like you have to figure out where they went and how they died, and where they stored their souls in a chest, and where they threw the keys. Yeah, um, it's it's basically Sharon Dent, basically. But Sharon, yeah, it's basically Sharon. Sharon's the word. <laughs> Sharon and Becky. Um, and uh, yeah. what else have I been doing? That's that. That's it. That's all I did for a week. Warframe took a break. Uh, we got new content coming soon. I'm excited about that for Warframe. What you been? What you been reading, watching, watching, or listening to? Uh, I'm reading Murder Falcon comic. It's about a guy who plays his guitar, and a falcon comes out with a big robot hand, and they fight monsters. And 
they get the band back together and each band member summons another creature like a giant mammoth or uh, I forgot what? what the other one yeah it's it's incredible it's an eight book series it's great and uh, so they, they kill their first monster in the first book and the lady on the street's like thank you murder falcon he's like don't thank me ma'am thank metal you know cause it's, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome and awesome. Uh, yeah it's great it's like Jack Black wrote it it's, it's awesome it's a great book um and I'm not reading any. I'm reading like four books right now. The, the subtle art of not getting how not to give a shit or fuck how not to give a fuck. Um, subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah, so uh, I'm reading. Um, uh, who's the guy that did Blink? And uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, I'm re- reading Gladwell right now. So I'm reading like a bunch of different books. And uh, Kim and I are catching up on Brooklyn Nine Nine. And and Game of Thrones, of course. And that's everything. That's all I got. So, uh, who's next? I'll go. Cool, I'll go. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I haven't played games in about a week, except for today. So, it's kind of felt good to come back. Um, I was supposed to play and start up Assassin's Creed Unity with somebody else. Just because that one, because it's co-op. So, that's more the reason why I was going to do it, is it can be a lot more fun with somebody else. Um, that didn't work out, so I played some more State of Decay. I've been playing that a lot for the past oh, these past couple why weeks. Why did you fucking tell me? Because you didn't even respond back to my text. All right. Anyway, I downloaded. Fuck off. Anyway. Wow. Anyway, somebody's a little angry. Um, I've been playing that for the past few weeks now with uh, a few other people uh, doing some dual streams, that kind of thing. So it's been pretty fun. Um, jumping into other games. Um, the freaking game modes have changed too, where you can up the difficulty from just like normal to nightmare yeah, mode. Yeah, yeah. And we played that today, and they had like hordes of juggernauts that were running around, like an actual horde of like four juggernauts all together that try to kill you. Um, it was not fun, to say the no, least. No, that sounds it awful. It was the worst. <laughs> we switched right back to standard after we both lost a person. Um,. Listening to, um, last week I, I shouted it out, but uh, Tech Nine put out a new album called Nina. Uh, Tech Nine's a Kansas City, Missouri rapper, underground rapper. Um, I've been listening to his album a lot. I listen to a lot of his music when I work out and in the car, that kind of thing. So, um, nothing too fancy. Um, when you work out in the car, is that what you just said? Work out and in the car. Uh, I was like, hey, what are you doing in your car? <laughs> Squats. Um, <laughs> Kegel. Um, Kegel. He's doing <laughs> Kegels in the car. Yep. <laughs> <Flexing> the- <laughs> uh, other than that, just been doing some, some things around the house. Um, we got some uh, odds and ends done so we can uh, get ready for this baby that's coming up soon. Coming out soon. Coming out soon. <laughs> coming up from hell. Like, you have a release party? <laughs> <laughs> A red carpet. Oh, yeah. That wasn't yeah, so come on. gross. <laughs> Yikes. Bobby! That's not what I meant. <laughs> Bobby red bathtub like... party. Let's go. Red wedding. There's <laughs> enough internet for me today, guys. <laughs> he just turns off his camera. <laughs> Bye. Uh, I've been listening to Pinback. I've been watching Barry. Is that good? Uh, oh, my God. Barry's phenomenal. Okay. It's so good. Um, I've been 
playing very, very little these days, but I'm uh, playing Dragon's Dogma. That game uh, is dope. That game is so good. God, that game is so good. The, their uh, dragon design is objectively fucking awful, but everything yeah. else about the game is amazing. <laughs> uh, I'm playing as a Mystic Knight in that, which is a lot of fun. Uh, yep. And let's see here. Reading. Uh, I've, I was stumbling through... I got the... Uh, so for my birthday, I got a, a collection of all the Scott Pilgrim books. So I was going through those again, uh, which is phenomenal. And so good. And I think I'm going to wa- read through Watchmen again after watching the trailer today. I want to sure. spend some time in that book. Oh, yeah. Uh, I went through all of it, right? Playing, watching. I think I hit everything there. Yeah, yeah. I, think you, I think you're good. I think yeah, you're good. I'm good. I'm good here. You're good. Um, I have been watching Newsroom on HBO again because that show is fucking amazing. And I haven't watched it in years. Um, and Jack Ryan on Amazon. You like it? Uh, where Jim Halpert becomes a super spy. Uh, it's really good. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's it's stellar. I watched uh, I watched him on a talk show pitch it, and the clip they picked was so bad. I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> next. Guess I'm not gonna watch yeah. this. Yeah, no, it's very good. Um, <clears throat> I've been listening to. I just had iTunes up on my phone because I forgot. Because it was <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was it's great. No, um, so Halos is a band that I've been listening to for about a year and a half now. Um, H-A-E-L-O-S. They have a new album coming out, and that surprised me. And there's like five tracks, so I've been listening to those. Uh, normally, I just don't listen to them, but this album and the Health album, when they release their singles, I listen to them like crazy. Yep. Um, also, <clears throat> there's a songwriter named Sasha Sloan, who's super good. Listen to her stuff. She has an EP called Loser. That's a, that's a hard name to say when you're drunk. Sasha Sloan. <laughs> Slosh is Sloan. Uh, yeah. Um, and then that's listening and watching. Um, I, okay, so the book that is better than Watchmen to me um, that I just finished reading in Scotland is a graphic novel called Day Tripper hmm. by uh, Fabio Moon and Gabrielle Ba. Um, and it's about a dude who is a writer trying to get to his trying to get to you know releasing his book and becoming like the the big career writer that his dad was and uh in the meantime he writes obituaries and the whole book is written in the format of each chapter is a year that he died and so it acts it it takes the it takes place in that year of his life and like what happened and then the end of each chapter is the obituary from him dying, if he had died at that age. So, like, there's a chapter where he dies where he's 11. There's a chapter where he dies where he's 27. There's a chapter where he dies when he's, like, 52. Um, and it's all... Man, it's fucking amazing. It's so good. So is it just one big book? Yeah, one big book. Hmm. I don't think it released in serial at all. I think it's all... It was just released as a big graphic oh, novel. Uh, no, I see. I see floppies. Oh, I couldn't imagine not being able to read that all the way through. Right. Um, it's it's super good. It's super good. I was like on the bus going somewhere in Scotland and finished the chapter, and Amanda called my attention immediately after I finished, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> like I had to like, I'm fine. Don't don't ask why my voice is quivering. Yeah, it looks great. It's very good. Um, and then playing, I played some um, Assassin's Creed Unity today. 
which game is still very pretty. I still love its parkour up and down options because it made moving around so great. And I need more verticality in games. That's what I want from the new Ghost Recon. Verticality. Just get a, just get an Assassin's Creed game. Okay. Or play Apex more. Continue the sure. joke. <laughs> no, um, it's uh, but I will say it, it's not great in terms of uh, where Assassin's Creed games are in terms of control and mechanics now. Doesn't hold up. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just you get stuck on stuff. Yeah. The, the animation's not as fluid. Um, the combat's not as fluid. Like. Black Flag's combat was super good, and how Unity came after Black Flag is, uh, is bananas to me. And Syndicate's combat is really, really good. Unity was oh, just a little weak. <coughs> um, yeah. <coughs> so before we say goodbye, you guys know we do a thing. Uh, ben, <laughs> I don't know if you know about this Ben, but we do a thing called Smurfacts, and Smurfacts has its own jingle, and it's gonna work on the first time this 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 time. Watch. You ready? You ready? Smurfax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Anyway, Smurfax <laughs> is, a segment, is a segment at the end of every show where uh, the, the real D Smurf in the chat sends us a fact and we read it. Um, and they're absolutely not related to anything in particular. So this one for this week is professional airline pilots are required to be clean shaven to facilitate a tight seal with auxiliary oxygen masks however some airlines have recently lifted such bans in light of modern studies similarly firefighters may also be prohibited from full beards to obtain a proper seal with scba equipment yeah military also that's why military makes you shave and that's why you're allowed to have a mustache so it can seal around here it goes over your nose over the top of your nose, but it's got a, like, it's got a seal. <laughs> just your nose. Just, just a nose. <laughs> Look at Bane. Think about Bane. Think about Bane. Yeah. 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 Did Bane have a mustache? Yeah. You just never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? what? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what so, if uh, what if that thing had to stay on so he never shaved under it? So if you ever took it off, it was just this awful <laughs> hive of hair because you would shave around it. Just like super matted. Yeah, his face. just like a wall of fur. Yo, that's uh, why his that's why his voice sounds like that's why you can't understand him. <laughs> his beard's Caleb. in his mouth. Caleb, will you check the chat? Uh, the chat. Sarge has one achievement in Assassin's Creed Unity. So that's his last single player game. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Do you not have an achievement in any other single player game? No, he was just saying that 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 was my last achievement. He says that I have one and I and I had said that I played it today. Oh, you did play it today. I didn't For like you two it. seconds. Yeah. Oh, it's like you started the game. Old. Here's your achievement. Like okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Assassin's Creed games are good at that. The beginning might have been slow, so here's an achievement to you make you feel better. Okay. Yo, okay, real quick sidetrack. Assassin's <sighs> Creed 2 literally starts the game by making you hit buttons to move yourself as a baby. Yeah. It's the fucking best. Uh, it's, it's so good. I don't know how I felt about that, to be honest. It's so good, it's so good. It's Baby's like Creed. Baby's Creed? Yeah. <laughs> Poop. Um, 
So well, yeah, that's gonna do it, guys. That's it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. So um, if you want to listen to the podcast, we're going to move the release date from Mondays to Fridays since we are now recording on Wednesdays. So you'll be able to listen to this episode over the weekend. Um, if you want to see any of our podcasts, it's nerdybits.com slash listen. If you want to read anything we write about, nerdybits.com slash read. If you want to watch any of our streamers, nerdybits.com slash watch. And if you want to send in any questions so that we can read them during the show, nerdybits.com slash contact. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at LubWub. You can follow Nerdy Bits on Instagram at underscore Nerdy Bits and on Twitter at Nerdy underscore Bits. Sarge, where can people find and follow you? You can find me, Sergeant Sodium, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and on Xbox. Dope. Bobby, where can people find you? LumberjackSmack.com. Awesome. And our guest, Sketch. Ben, where can people find you? Sketch Sawyer. Sketch Sawyer. No, no spaces, no underscores, no dots. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, Facebook, Twitch, maybe this summer. Who knows? Um, uh, SoundCloud? I don't know. Whatever. I'm out there. Literally just type in Sketch Sawyer and yep. you'll find him everywhere. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Dope. Thanks again. Um, yep. What? Thanks again, everybody. It was fun. Yeah, yeah man. Thanks, thanks for coming for being on the show. Take it. Oh, see, someone else drinks water too. You were drinking alcohol, though. This is water. I'm drinking water. I only drink water, and I forget that I have like whiskey and scotch in my fucking house. I always. And I see. I see Bobby sip, and I'm like, damn it, I don't want to get. The way it. I force myself to drink water is that uh, I, I drink something else that I want to drink, but I every drink I chase it with water. <laughs> you you have to do the reward. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, chat. We're going to be jumping into some kind of game, so stick around, and we will be right back. Adios. Come on, man.